Well, thank you. Here we are. Um, we have with us signing Holly May and Leisha Martin. Happy to have you here. Uh, Chaplain Denny, please. Thank you, Governor. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, if y'all remember him, he said, a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. So whenever a storm comes or even the storms of life happens, consideration and helping your fellow human makes life a little more bearable and allows for all of us to connect on a human level. So if you would, with that spirit, could you please pray with me if you're a praying person. God, as we plan for the storm ahead, help us to look out for each other, serve one another, and love our neighbors as ourselves. Through adversity comes strength. Help us to use this adversity to grow stronger within our human connections with each other, our communities, and ultimately strengthen the resolve of South Carolina. So, Lord, I also ask that you continue to watch over Florida as they're getting hit right now. Watch over and protect them. And I pray all this in your mighty and precious name, Lord. Amen. Thank you. John Quirillo, National Weather Service. Thank you, Governor. Good afternoon. He made landfall uh, this past hour as a Category 4 hurricane with wind speeds of 150 miles per hour just southwest of Punta Gorda, Florida. Um, Ian is still expected to bring uh, various but um, rather widespread impacts to the state of South Carolina uh, late this week into early this weekend. Um, of course, we have various threats, including the potential for some heavy rainfall and flash flooding, stronger winds, uh, uh, storm surge along the coast, and even some isolated tornadoes. So as I mentioned, Ian is currently a high-end Category 4 hurricane, wind speeds 150 miles an hour. It's moving to the north-northeast around 10 miles per hour. The current forecast from the National Hurricane Center shows Ian moving northeast across the Florida Peninsula while gradually weakening, and then coming back out into the Atlantic Ocean as a tropical storm, where it's expected to maintain its strength as it tracks toward the South Carolina coast on Friday. Tropical storm warnings are currently in effect for the entire coast of South Carolina, and a hurricane watch is also in effect uh, from Charleston County South. And the reason for that is um, the uh, Ian, while it's out over the Atlantic Ocean, there is the potential for it to, to strengthen or to, to, to be a, a low-end Category 1 hurricane. So that hurricane watch is to uh, account for that potential intensity um, track error that we have, the, the potential um, uncertainty in the intensity. And just in case it does strengthen a little bit more than currently forecast, the hurricane watch is in effect as a precaution. Uh, in addition, the storm surge warnings in effect now as well from Charleston County south through the Georgia uh, state line. So the current weather pattern still is favoring strengthening winds uh, beginning tomorrow uh, and then increasing storm surge as well. Uh, and that's all well ahead of Ian's approach. Uh, breezy conditions should, should occur on Thursday across most of the state. Uh, wind gusts may be as high as 30 to 40 miles an hour at times. The tropical storm force winds themselves, though, aren't expected to arrive until Friday morning, and those tropical for storm force winds could continue through Friday night and maybe even into Saturday, into early Saturday. So with that, I think um, residents should be prepared for some power outages, as these winds could be sufficient to maybe knock down some trees and power lines. Uh, so just have a plan in place for that. Uh, the strong onshore winds 
um, could result in a, a prolonged period of storm surge inundation along the coast beginning Thursday and continuing into Saturday. Uh, so this could result in significant inundation of three to five feet along the southern and central portions of the coast and one to three feet for the northern po portion of the coast. Um, so what that really means is if you're in an area normally prone to flooding along the coast, a spot that tends to see water fairly often, you should really plan to seek higher ground. Um, heed the warnings from local officials, you know, um, just keep yourself safe from, from the, the expected rising water that we'll see Thursday, Friday, and into Saturday. In addition, periods of heavy rainfall are expected to begin late Thursday and continue into early Saturday. Um, we're expecting a widespread four to six inches across the state, but certainly some areas could see higher amounts, especially toward the coast. Um, I just want to remind everyone that all it takes is just a few inches of rain in a rather short period of time uh, to quickly cause flash flooding. So that's just a, a, you know, something to be aware of if you're out driving, be aware of those low-lying spots and areas flood, uh, more prone to flash flooding as well. And finally, there is a tornado threat along the immediate coast, and that seems to be more late Friday into early Saturday. So an isolated tornado is certainly possible as those bands from Ian move across the area. So once again, as I mentioned yesterday, I think it's really important not to focus on the intensity of the storm. It could be a tropical storm. It could be uh, a weaker hurricane. But we really need to focus on the expected impacts across the state. And we, again, we do expect high, um, higher winds. We expect uh, at least areas to see some flash flooding. We expect to see high water coming in from the ocean, inundating parts of the coast, and some isolated tornadoes. So if you need um, you know, community-specific information, I recommend going to your local National Weather Service office, visiting the website. A lot of detailed information on there to kind of help make your decisions. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Mr. Quirrell will be here, of course, to answer more questions if you have any later. Uh, what he mentioned uh, in trying to predict as best we can is always very uncertain science. Is this, this storm or hurricane is going to be stronger than some and weaker than others? And sometimes we get a lot of wind and not much rain. Sometimes we get a lot of rain, not much wind. Sometimes we get a lot of flooding. And so we really don't know exactly what is going to happen, but we do know that a 40-mile-an-hour wind can knock a, a big truck over and off of a bridge. So it could be that if the winds get that high, we'll have to, have to close some bridges at, at some time. We know that the water in places, if it usually floods at a very high tide, just you go see some, some water this time. Might be one foot, might be two feet, might be five feet. We really don't know. But what the, the rule is typically is to run, run from the water and, and hide from the wind. And so that is, that is the rule here. And the third part of that is to be sure to know where you are, to be prepared. Now is the time to finish getting prepared because uh, these winds are, are going to be coming. We know that, and we know we're going to get some rain as well. So be prepared. Know where your important papers are. Know where your medicines are. Know where you're going to go if you need to go. Know what you could do with your pets. Uh, alert your family. All of those things. You must always, we're hoping for the best, but we're preparing for the worst. Uh, in light of what we know about this, this storm or hurricane, and we know that it is really hitting Florida hard. It's, uh, I think it's as hard as anything they've seen there in a long time. Fortunately, when these 
typically when they go across land, they, they weaken, but this has gone across and is in the ocean, but they're very unpredictable. Some uh, people here may remember when some almost were going in one direction and took a right angle and went in another direction. So they're very unpredictable, so we want to be safe. So I have, at, at three o'clock, I issued a, a, state a state of emergency, not an evacuation, but a state of emergency, effective at three o'clock today when it was filed. And I'm activating the state's emergency operations plan. It is in writing, it's on, available on the internet. You can look it up, it's got details on who does what, how, and all of those kind of things. And also, this state of emergency is lifting a lot of the regulations and a lot of the rules that allow us to move quickly, to move people, to move assets. And also, the state of emergency allows us to draw down federal FEMA dollars. And I was in touch on Monday with the FEMA administrator, and we are as prepared as we can be for, for what is coming. Again, I'm not ordering any evacuations. The counties, we've been in touch with the counties constantly. The counties do not believe they need evacuations. I'm ordering no evacuations. I'm ordering no closures of state government offices. I'm ordering no school closures. That is up to the school districts themselves. But today's, today's order does a number of things. The National Guard is activated to begin prepositioning assets and troops. The order allows agencies to suspend the res any regulations that may hinder operations during the state of emergency, such as weight limits um, and hour limits, but not to the extent that it puts anyone in danger. Uh, also, the Department of Transportation can suspend regulations on, on bridges, this is weight limits on bridges and highways, the hours of operations of truck drivers, all of those sorts of things, fuel requirements, the uh, licensing, labor and licensing regulation can change the uh, scope of practice, can lift those regulations. So if we need nurses, so if we need certain types of skills, we don't have to go through a licensing process. These measures, all of them, allow the state to draw down federal funds for these preparation purposes. Now we went through a lot of this with COVID, and we've, we've, we've been through a lot of it uh, again with the hurricanes and storms that we have had before. This is nothing new to people who have lived in this state for a number of years. We've had plenty of hurricanes, plenty of storms, and even some tornadoes. But a lot of, a lot of the visitors or people who have moved into the state recently may not have seen this. A lot of the young people may not have seen this. Uh, this storm can be very, very dangerous. So we ask you once again to get your information from official sources be informed, be prepared, and be safe. And now, Mr. Stenson. <clears throat> Good afternoon, uh, Kim Stenson, Director of State Emergency Management Division. Uh, the State Emergency Operations Center is gonna move today to Operation Condition 2, uh, which is an enhanced level of uh, alert. It includes the activation of the State Emergency Operations Plan, as the governor's already mentioned. and. Uh, Activation of the plan allows us to coordinate state resources more efficiently and operate under the same emergency management framework that we've operated under during uh, several uh, disasters in the last several years, and it's worked very well. Uh, it will also include selected state agency presence at the State uh, Emergency Operations Center. Uh, our priorities right now include support to counties and contingency planning uh, 
uh, for a number of missions, uh, including transportation, sheltering, supply, and equipment, as well as an active public uh, information uh, operation uh, to keep citizens informed. We continue to have daily uh, conference calls with uh, local emergency managers to share information and identify any unmet needs. And then, as uh, the governor's already mentioned, uh, South Carolina residents should continue to check their local weather outlets to up get updated storm forecasts and double check their personal emergency plans. And those plans uh, should include such items as ensuring everyone in your family uh, knows what to do in the event of emergency, identify those threats that you might have to uh, take action uh, against, know where to go if conditions become too unsafe to remain in your uh, home. Uh, also, as was mentioned earlier, if you uh, live in a low-lying area or areas normally prone to flooding, uh, make sure your emergency plan includes that. Uh, have an emergency kit uh, with items such as a three-day supply of uh, bottled water and non-perishable food for each family member, as well as flashlights, extra batteries, and charges for your mobile devices. Uh, prepare your home or businesses uh, by securing any items that are outdoors to bring them indoors. Uh, certainly uh, prepare for the possibility of uh, power outages and frequently monitor weather conditions and be aware that tornadoes are likely to develop during a tropical storm. Uh, also, keep your important papers in a, uh, in a water uh, tight bag and then finally ensure all your medications are filled. Uh, to help with the planning, we encourage all residents uh, to visit our website at scemd.org, which has a wealth of information for individual families and businesses in preparing for emergency situations. Our South Carolina Emergency Manager app is also a great tool, which uh, includes a module that allows citizens to create their own personal plan. And then lastly, another reminder uh, that this is not just a coastal event. We expect this storm to impact all of South Carolina in some way. Thank you. Nanette Edwards. Thank you, Governor. Uh, Nanette Edwards, uh, Executive Director for the South Carolina Office of Regulatory Staff. Uh, we've been in contact with our utility partners. They are preparing staging resources so that as the storm moves through, they can safely uh, work to restore power. I do want to remind you that um, they will only run the crews and the bucket trucks uh, when it is safe to do so, and that means when there are wind speeds higher than 30 miles per hour, they will wait until they start uh, putting their crews out. Uh, with regard to fuel, we are in contact with our fuel partners. Uh, they are reporting no issues, so we have sufficient fuel supplies. Um, and with that, that concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Secretary Hall. Christy Hall with the South Carolina Department of Transportation, the Secretary of Transportation. Uh, the DOT, we currently have more than 2,100 employees statewide that are doing uh, preparation work uh, in advance of the storm arriving. Additionally, we are relocating some of those resources to the coastal areas to help with the expected recovery operations that may be required due to down trees or isolated flooding. Um, as you heard John Q mentioned, we are expecting the winds to increase in the state on Friday as the storm moves through. And some of those winds, depending on the level and, and uh, the location of them, may, may trigger some of the uh, uh, high-level bridge closures in the state for a limited period of time. 
based on judgment of the local law enforcement alongside DOT. Uh, those restrictions generally are for 30 miles per hour of sustained winds, the high-profile vehicles, meaning uh, delivery trucks, uh, transfer trucks, um, uh, RVs, things of that nature, would be restricted from crossing some of the high-level bridges like the Ravenel Bridge and the 526 Bridge there over the Wando. And then if winds reach 40 miles per hour sustained, then we would look to partner with the local, local law enforcement entities for potential uh, closure of those structures, um, but in order to provide, uh, to ensure safety of the motoring public in, in those areas. So uh, pay attention to official news sources in those regions, plan ahead, just be aware, track what the storm is doing and uh, plan your routes accordingly if you have to travel at all on Friday as a storm moves through the state. Thank you, Governor. Thank you. Dr. Summer. Thank you, Governor. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Dr. Ed Simmer, Director of the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control. Our, the more than 3,000 members of the DHAC team are actively preparing for this storm to ensure we limit the impact on the people of South Carolina as much as we can. We're working with our health care facilities, nursing homes, hospitals, and others to make sure they're ready. At this point, we're not planning on evacuating any medical facilities, but we do have uh, staff and resources ready to assist should a facility need that on short notice. I would, however, note that as wind speeds increase in many areas, emergency medical services may not be able to operate safely for some period of time in the middle of the storm. So please consider that as you're making your plans, that there may be some time when EMS is not able to respond immediately because the wind speeds are too high. Uh, also, please, we strongly recommend you stay out of floodwaters. Floodwaters often have toxic substances. They can be infectious. So if at all possible, stay out of floodwaters because they can be quite dangerous, not just the drowning risk, but also because of what's in them. From the environmental side, we continue to work with our over 2,000 dam owners across the state uh, to make sure that spillways are clear, that when needed, water levels are, re are lowered, of course, working with those downstream when that is done. Um, we've, reached, we've contacted all of our dam owners. All of them should have their, our contact information, but if you need more, please visit scdhec.gov slash dams, D-A-M-S. And finally, we're also working with local communities along the coast. So if there is significant beach erosion that imperils homes or other important structures uh, that will be able to respond very quickly after the storm to try to shore those up, replace the sand very quickly uh, so that uh, you know, those buildings can survive. And, uh, with that, I will turn things back over to Governor McMaster. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Summer. Are there any questions for anyone? Mr. Um, Bustos. Why not, for just for safety's sake, in case it does become a hurricane, why not do the evacuations? It's not necessary. Based on all the information we have, it is expert opinion and the common sense opinion as well that it is not necessary to evacuate. An evacuation entails a lot of disruption and uh, it's, just, it's not necessary with this storm. It has been necessary with others. Uh, th this one is, 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 doesn't have the wind speed that some others have had, but it's got more wind speed than some have had. And again, they, they hit different parts of the state. But we think that the, the analysis that, that we have made with the National Weather Service and also watching what's happening in Florida indicates this, this is not a situation where we need to have evacuations and therefore I will not order one. Are shelters going to be opened? 
There will be some. That was uh, discussed uh, before, but uh, not to the extent that they were earlier. Thanks, Governor. Uh, Mike Leach, South Carolina Department of Social Services. Um, out of precaution right now, there'll be uh, a couple shelters open up in Charleston County and uh, one tomorrow in Jasper County, and they all are opening uh, between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Um, and uh, we are, uh, you can find more information on SCEMD.org on that, or um, you can actually text shelter to, um, and, the, and your zip code to 43362 and it'll give you a list of nearest open shelters within 200 miles. But at this point in time, out of precaution, there are uh, two or three that are opening tomorrow. Another question. Governor, have you spoken with Florida Governor DeSantis? Have we offered them any support, any supplies? We've been in touch with, with his office. Uh, we we uh, uh, have not offered to send anything at this point because we are preparing here for whatever may happen. We always hope for the best. Uh, we prepare for the the worst. Any more questions? You talked about this yesterday, but uh, the experience that this team has for storms like this, you know, how crucial and important is that, you know, in a moment right now? Uh, it's enormously experienced, and everyone you see here has been through this many, many times, it seems. Uh, we've, we've certainly had our share, and we've had our share of of some very high winds and as well as a lot of water and a lot of flooding, really unprecedented. You remember we had, I think we had 2,000 year floods within just a few years of each other. So th this experience and the, the, com the collaboration and working together among this team is, is really extraordinary. And we have a great plan, it's in writing. Uh, we, we believe we know what to do, what we want to, the main thing is we want the, the, the citizens to realize that, that, that they, they must take care. They must know if, if they're in a, an area that is forecast to have any problems, they need to know where they're going to go, when they're going to go. Their family members need to go, and all the things that Mr. Stinson said that need to be available, important papers, medicines, uh, things for your pets, all of those sorts of things need to be planned ahead of time and we do have time now for people to make those to make those arrangements and to make those decisions. Again, this we don't think this is going to be as bad as some that we've seen, but we think it's going to be worse than some that we've seen. A uh, question for John, like how does the storm compare to storms in our recent history? That's an excellent question. I know people like comparisons, and it's, it's often difficult to do that because every storm is different. Some storms in the past that have maybe brought strong winds, the wind impacts might have been right along the coast. You know, in this event, we, we do think the winds will extend all the way from the coast to, to well inland, even into the upstate, we would see some of those higher winds. Um, the rainfall threat exists across the whole state. So, uh, like the governor was mentioning, you know, we're not expecting the rainfall to be as catastrophic as as it was in 2015 for the floods or during Florence or Matthew, but certainly if we get enough heavy rainfall in a short period of time, we would see flash flooding. That's something we, we should expect and anticipate and be prepared for. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the wind, uh, the wind speeds that we're forecasting would certainly be enough to, to cause some issues in terms of knocking down trees, uh, power lines, maybe some minor damage to home siding and shingles and things like that. But you know, it's not going to be a destructive wind, but it could be uh, an inconvenience and, and cause people to be without power for a little while. So, um, you know, like everyone's saying, we, we work very closely with all of our partners in emergency management and state and, and county and local governments to 
pass along the latest information, and, and they're using that to make their, the, you know, the most informed decisions. And um, so my recommendation is, you know, it's really hard to compare to previous storms, but if you're taking the proper precautions and listening to the advice of local officials, you're probably going to be okay. Any more questions? Thank you very much.